Jackson Posey is ready to give Dave Aranda a pass on recruiting? Kind of. This is Locked on Baylor. You are Locked on Baylor, your daily podcast on the Baylor Bears. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another episode of Locked On Baylor brought to you by LinkedIn. Thank you for making it your first listen today and every day. I'm your host, Cam Stewart. Alongside me, the great at by Jackson Posey from the Baylor Lariat, also formerly of Inside the Bears, which is much cooler. Um, also from Look Live Streams, China Spring, and sometimes Lorena when he feels like it for basketball, and also also kind of Locked On Baylor. Jackson, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. Love the rain. Uh, got to go camping Beautiful. this weekend instead of watching Baylor football. And so no, I didn't uh, ask about that. But... I'm, I'm a big fan of looking at the forest instead of uh, this offensive line sometimes. But it's getting better. It's getting well, better. Yeah. Well, the good news about you is you're you're a big tape guy. So you've watched the whole Baylor game back, which is which is awesome. And I'm, I'm going to get some of your opinions on that game. But mostly what stuck out to me was a tweet that you put out the other day, which was enlightening, I think, even for the most devout of Dave Aranda haters um, of which I know a few uh, you made a pretty good point here and I'm going to read it out to you. So Jackson tweets this on Friday, an underrated reason for Baylor Baylor football's recruiting struggles, the transition 2020 recruiting class between Matt rule and Dave Aranda. The class should be seniors right now, but 12 of the 18 signees have left the program, including the top five. Only four are starting for the Bears. So first off, breakdown of this tweet, whose fault is that? Is that the fault of the coaching staff, or is that just kind of how the circle of life works in college football in today's day and age, especially with the coaching change? It's definitely a combination of those things, right? It's partially on Matt Rule for sort of, operating with one foot out the door there at the end of his tenure. A little bit, yeah. It's partially on it's partially on Dave Aranda, right? For not really being able to get that initial push. Uh it's partially on COVID because how are you going to deal with COVID? It, it really was the worst time that you could have a coaching change yeah. right there. And so I yeah, I, I don't know that all of the blame falls on one party, but when we look at the lack of depth, especially in the trenches, the top five guys from that class are gone. Just about everybody from that class yeah. is gone. Uh, including a lot of guys who transferred this past offseason, that that doesn't fall on Matt Rule. That doesn't fall on COVID. And so there, there's a lot of deeper issues with this team, but I think a lot of them run back to the lack of experience depth that's been in this program for multiple years. And, and especially when you talk about, you know, th- these guys being seniors, I, I think there is the suggestion that we're missing out on, on like the big play receiver that we need or, or the NFL corner. And you kind of hit on it there, but it seems like it's it's kind of the dirty work guys that develop, you know, that don't come in with the big hype but become some of your best players. Is that is that what they're missing the most here from that class? Yeah, you only have one offensive lineman left from that class. That's Gavin Byers, who has been a starter for you throughout the season, right? Yeah, yeah. And Dave sung his praises this week. Yeah. Yeah, and he he played he played well last week, uh, as did a lot of the offensive line, really, once once they you did, make yeah. some of those shifts. But I, I think it just comes back to, okay, who's who's going to be the guy who knows his way around the program, who's going to lead? This is Dave Aranda's fourth season. This is the year when he sh- it should just be Dave's guys. And yep. Dave's guys aren't really there, at least the four-year ones, right? And so 
when you have that mass exodus, you look at last offseason, right? You have a Lorando Johnson, uh, you you have an AJ McCarty, a Devin Neal, right? People leaving the program before what would have been their senior season. Mm-hmm. Those are the guys that you want to be in there building up these younger guys like a Caden Jenkins, like Carl Williams, who who have stepped up, but they've had to step up, right? Because there's not another guy in that position to take those reps, right? And so there's not there's not another option. You have to put the young guys in there because you don't have that experience. And I think that's why you see a lot of those early struggles against a team like a Texas State, right? Against a team like a Utah, right? Where it, those games seemed really within reach and you don't get it, right? Because you're not able to really get that thing to the finish line because you don't have that experience. And Mac Rhodes is, is a football guy, football guy's guy. Do you think he is under, you know, I mean, we're obviously speculating here, but do you think he is able to see that and think, I just, I don't know that Dave has gotten the full shake yet. Yeah, I think so. And obviously there, there are question marks about Dave's recruiting ability. That being said, he has been around, you know, the forties every year that he's been here. He's improved his recruiting ranking every year that he's been here. Uh, Never, never going to be a get out in front of it guy, right? So, you know, who, mm-hmm. who knows where they're going to wind up this season. But there are a lot of young guys that have stepped up this year, right? Dawson yeah. Pendergrass has played really well. Richard Reese last year, setting records, right? You, you have Caden Jenkins getting Big 12 Defensive Player of the Week yeah. a couple weeks ago. There have been young guys stepping up. Where, why, why are they not shining in smaller roles, right? Why do they have to mm-hmm. be the ones who are the stars? That's the real question here. Yeah, so it, it kind of leading me to my next question is – his recruiting kind of ascent, is it is it good enough, A, for right now, but for sustainability, or are they going to run into this depth problem every year? I don't know that... This is it's two straight years that they've had depth issues. This one more serious than last year, but two straight years of that. Yeah, and I'm not sure that they've really proven the ability to keep those high-level players in the program all the way through, right? Mm-hmm. So those, those guys that are coming back, the four-year starters, there are only four of them. It's Blake Shapin, right, who has one year left, but you, you've you seen the real lack of ability to keep guys coming in after him in that quarterback position. Uh, you lose Jacob Zeno. You lose a Kyron Drones. You lose an Austin Novosad, right? Like the, yeah, we, it's that, been tough in that been room. discussed yeah. ad nauseum, right? Uh, you, yeah. you have Drake Dabney, who didn't really start until this year. Chateau Reed, who wasn't hasn't really been, like, your star defensive back. He's played well this year, but, you know, he he's not – a five-star guy. Uh, and then you have Gavin Byers, who obviously has been playing well, but that's one offensive lineman. That's all the guys that you have left. Are you convinced? I think this team has proven that they can bring in tight end talent. You know, yep. I, I think you can replace <laughs> Drake Dabney because you you have a bunch of good young tight ends on the roster. You lose a Tay McWilliams, right? That was the number one recruit from that 2020 class. He's not in the, with the program anymore, but you've been able to bring in new guys there. You've been able to bring in new receivers. Can you backfill that quarterback position? Can you backfill that defensive back position, which other than this year's freshman class has really, really struggled? Yeah. Where are we getting that depth on the offensive line? If it's not coming from the the upperclassmen and the fre- you know freshman, redshirt freshmen are getting it done, who's providing those snaps? You're not get the big time transfers you're bringing in aren't really getting it done at an elite level. I th- that's the real concern here, right? It's not can Dave Aranda bring in quality players because I think he can the staff has proven that they can identify talent who can contribute early it's can you get the guys who contribute early and keep them in the program keep them I think that's the that's the big difference right now and and I I would say it's probably not a problem but something you got to focus on in every program with this new age of NIL and the transfer portal but is this where we start to see Baylor hit harder you know not necessarily getting those blue chips out of out of high school 
but keeping them and retaining them when they're on the team, you think that could be the bigger issue? Yeah. Like just the, going forward, obviously it's the issue right now. Yeah, the lowest ranked player in that 2020 class that Baylor signed was Micah Mazuka, who was a really good, good. offensive lineman yeah. and transferred to Florida, right? You, you have the identification of talent. What Baylor needs to avoid, especially, uh, and, you know, you get sick about talking about, oh, NIL this, NIL that, whatever. The if if Baylor it. can't get its NIL stuff together, right, especially given the rise of the SEC and Big Ten as being, like, real power conferences here, I, I Baylor needs to be very intentional about not becoming a minor league program, right? And I, I don't think that they're there right now. That Baylor is still attracting – you know, but they're close, right? Mm-hmm. And okay, after the season, is Richard Reese going to be back with this program? Like, does Keytron Jackson is is this really the best place for him? I, I know he'll have to probably stay another a little while because of transfer rules, right? But like, if, if you are an elite player who's on the Baylor roster right now, is this the best place for you to succeed? Not only long term with the NFL or short term in winning, but just short term in your pockets, right? Yeah. And if you're not winning and you're not getting to the NFL at a super high clip. I, I don't know what the answers are there. I don't know how you avoid uh, losing guys to schools like a UT or schools like an A&M or a Florida or even a Texas Tech, which seems like they've been able to build a lot more recruiting momentum, uh, even, even just in the transfer portal. Well, one way to make sure you're getting more money is to use prize picks. That's daily. That's America's number one daily fantasy sports game. It's my favorite because it's so easy to do. It's the most fun I've ever had doing it, too. And it's it's simple to play. I make my picks. I submit it in all less than a minute. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, enormous selection of players and stat types. That's what keeps me coming back for more. Of course, also winning money off it is, is good, too. But the best part about prize picks is the injury insurance that they have. It's called the reboot policy, and that makes sure that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. So for NFL games and college football games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and doesn't return in the second, that player is rebooted, and prize picks is the only daily fantasy sports for, platform with that injury insurance. So go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and then use the code locked on college for a first deposit up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use the code locked on college. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Today's episode is also brought to you by FanDuel. And this is the best time of year to be watching sports. I mean, Rangers in the world freaking series, y'all. We have got NBA and NHL starting. We have got the rare Dallas Mount Rushmore of all four teams playing at the same time. Be happy about that because we've also got the NFL. We've got the college football is still in full swing. We're still talking about it every day. And right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. So if you didn't believe me, you'll believe me now. This is the best time to join FanDuel. Another one that makes it super easy for me. I'm kind of a dummy. It's so easy to use. There's so many things you can bet on, like spreads, player props, over-unders, all of those. FanDuel.com slash locked on is where you need to go. FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. So Jackson, they missed out on some young guys a few years ago. They lost some young guys along the way. They have some young guys who are stepping up right now. You, you mentioned you mentioned it in passing in, in that first segment there. But 
the defense, especially defensive backfield, especially has seen a lot of young guys rotate in there in the season, in this first half for seven games of the season. What have you seen from those guys? It seems like it's been kind of impressive. Not going to lie. Yeah, I've been really impressed by the job that Matt Pallage has done as the defensive coordinator. Uh, coming back, previously being the safeties coach and the special teams coordinator, obviously. Special you think teams he's doing a little better in the defensive backfield than he is in the middle of the field and up front? Uh, uh, yeah. Yes, yeah. yes, <laughs> yes. That's okay to that's say. Really yeah. uh, but, I mean, even just the special teams clearly has gotten a bump since he's gotten back. For here. sure. Well, they need uh, to work on the run defense, but still yeah. 14th but in it's, the conference out of 14. It's a work in progress. Right. Something and like that. That's a way to look at it. Yeah. It's a work in progress. <laughs> and I think it, it is made better by the fact that the defensive backfield has improved so much by the adjustments he's made, getting Bryson Jackson more off the field in the star position, getting Carl Williams in yes, there. That's defense good. is really past defense has improved significantly in the past two weeks since he's made that shift. And Carl Williams, freshman guy, not not the highest rated cornerback coming in right out of. Uh, no. High school in Baton Rouge, Rouge three-star yeah. guy, number 80 cornerback in the nation, comes in, immediately makes a difference. And the, the star position in this 3-3-5 defense, for those who uh, aren't nerds, uh, <laughs> the, the star the position yeah. really me. is what you build the entire defense off of. They're like a hybrid this kind safety of safety yeah. linebacker, like everything keys off of the star. And so, and for those of you who don't know that kind of position, think Jalen Petrie. He was obviously the best example of the star and he was making plays all over the field, pass game, run game, very physical player. That's that's the the mold of the star. That he is the best example. That's exactly what you want it to be. But yeah, go ahead. That's that's for the non-nerds out there. Yeah. And and when you have a great star like a Jalen Petrie, you can have an elite defense. And when you have a really not great star, uh, like like the production Baylor was getting early on in this season, you saw the results. It opens right? up a and big hole. Yeah. Yes. And but you have a lot of responsibilities to be able to you know, cover the run, cover the pass, be able to shift around and do a lot of different things. So Carl Williams' ability, like just intellectually to be able to handle that role as a freshman, really impressive. Caden Jenkins, obviously, is another guy, another Making corner, plays, man. Making so many plays. Uh, DJ Coleman, another guy in the defensive backfield who's, when he gets reps, he makes plays, right? That That's three guys. And that's not even the top couple, couple of corners that are coming in who are uh, really freak athletes. This this has a chance to be a really good defensive backfield recruiting class, uh, and they've already been showing it as starters. You also on the offensive side, right? You're you're getting contributions from a guy like Dawson Pendergrass, right? And oh, boy, does he look like a college player, man? From he's day good. one, passing or, or I should say, pass blocking and running. I mean, he's he has looked every bit a college player. Yeah, I, I Dawson Pendergrass, I think, is like a long term staple of this offense. I, I'm really Washington. excited. Bryson Washington, red yeah. shirts. But mm-hmm. I, I think you put those two guys together, like that's terrifying. If you can get if you can get more beef on the offensive line, that is a terrifying two-man duo. Uh Palmer Williams, of course, being the star of this class. Yeah. Very really good putter. That's all you can ask. An excellent man. Yeah. He had a great one the other day. Um, and, and looking at that defensive backfield a little bit before we move on, just I mean, you're a guy who watches a lot of high school football. You and I both. Um it seems to me that defensive back is arguably the, the toughest transition just because in, in high school, very few teams are playing press man. Um, and there's still, it's not the, the end all be all in the, in the college game, but obviously Dave Aranda's defenses like to play it. How big a transition 
is something like that for guys who've been playing zone defense their whole life to come in and face, you know, every team's best, every high school team's best receiver, even though they might be the fourth or fifth option on the college team and go and defend them one-on-one. It's, it's really hard to overstate that. And I think, I mean, just from like a physical standpoint, just to be physically ready for that. Right. Yeah, well, it's hard, too, because you go from a place where you really don't need to be that technically sound, except maybe one game a year. You have somebody who's close in athleticism to you. Right. And so it, it's really easy to build those bad habits. And if you're if you're six foot two with long arms and fast guarding like some guy who's going to some guy my size. Yeah. Yeah. Guard, if you're guarding Cam Stewart, you could just sort of wander around aimlessly out there and still get a pick. Right. Well, maybe, like, maybe. That, that would not, be the, that would be the quarterback's fault assignment sure. right there. Yeah. And so because of that, I, I think just the transition, even technically, like obviously the athleticism difference is going to be big going from the high school level to college level. But the technical transition of, OK, how do we how do we hand fight against like Brennan Presley or Marcus Golden or like really good college receivers, much less like, oh, I got lined up against Jatavion Sanders this week, you know, mm-hmm. like bigger receiving tight ends. There, there are a lot of challenges that come in that transition for corners, I think, more than just about any other position on the field. Uh, and you see that, like, four-star four star recruit this year, LeVar Thornton, super talented guy out of Timber Creek. He's going to long – should long-term be, like, a really one good of the guys, one of the foundation guys, yeah. Absolutely. He's not playing right now, right? And that, that shows you how hard the transition is because he's awesome. He's really good. And he's not playing yet. And so the the fact that you're able to get three freshmen in there to be able to be consistent, solid contributors on the defensive backfield, that doesn't say anything about the other freshmen. That says this is a really special group, and Matt Pallage has done a fantastic job training them up so far. And a lot can change, as we've hit on already in this. A lot can change in a couple of years in terms of roster. But you've mentioned a few names in there. Who do you kind of see as the foundational players that are on the team right now for two years from now? I think the the first person you look at is Caden Jenkins. If he's able to, if you hang on to Caden Jenkins, right? Which you hate that that's even like a thing that you have to throw out there as like an aside, right? But if you can hang on to Caden Jenkins, that is a foundational player. He's playing like one of the best players on this defense. And he, he brings a level of physicality and passion to the defensive side of the ball. This team has been sorely lacking for much of the season. Uh, and did you notice how many balls went his way on Saturday? Not many. Not, not many. Not many. When 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 the guy starts making plays, the quarterbacks and the offensive coordinators start to take note of his number out there for sure. I, I think on the other side of the ball, uh, you you look at some. It's really complicated, right? Because okay, who's who's actually going to be here? Right? Is a Richard Reese going to be here in two seasons? Right? Or as this team sort of seems like it's moving more into the air raid era like is that is that going to change a little bit uh I, I think you can look at somebody uh like like a Colton Soraki uh, on the offensive line as potentially like okay this guy's this guy's really talented I think he has uh the ability to be a really solid offensive line player moving forward Isaiah Robinson uh four-star mm, recruit from this past yes, class mountain of a man really like fans six foot seven I mean that that's I think he was guy. probably their best overall recruit in this class he was and okay, good. That, that's the guy that you look there. at. As. This should be <laughs> your long term, like, yeah. you know, you not really franchise left tackle. This is your program left tackle yeah. right here. Uh, and and the, in the same way with LeVar Thornton, right? Like you have really fantastic high school players who are making the transition and they're able to go slowly 
through that because of the success of other younger players. Right. And so uh, it, it's sort of hard to be like, OK, this guy hasn't played, but he's going to be a foundational piece like that. There's a, there's a lot of hope in there. And, and maybe maybe some of that's misplaced. But Isaiah Robinson is really talented. LeVar Thornton's really talented. Uh, I, I think ultimately you look at the ones Jenkins. we aren't even seeing yet. Yeah, it's exciting. It's Matthew Klopfenstein was a four star recruit and he's tight end four right now. Yeah, I got one yeah. glimpse of him. I don't it must have been Long Island. One glimpse of him. That kid's going to be a player. So you're telling me there's a bright future here. There, There is a bright future at the positions Baylor can recruit really well at. I think yeah. there's an open question. Yeah, what's going to happen at quarterback moving forward? I think there's an open question. Okay, what's going to happen on the defensive line moving forward? Linebacker. Uh, at linebacker. Who's, who's going to step up at linebacker? Yeah, right? we've seen a couple uh, misses there. Bryson Washington was an all-district safety in high school. Maybe move him down. Have him play both ways. Um, but, yeah, there, there are a lot of question marks in that realm. Um, if you really want to know who's going to play the most moving forward, I think Palmer Williams is probably pretty locked in there. He'd be pretty uh, good. Punter. He's he's cornerstone punter. Locked on punting. Locked on punting. Can I host that one? I'll take it. I'd, lo- I'd love uh, that. I, I would get my nerd glasses on. and Just rugby punts. Make though. it my no, first listen no every day. Punts. So, love yeah, I, I think I think there are a lot of – talented young guys i think the problem like like we were talking about to open the show is you don't really have the experience for these young guys to be the exciting young guys instead they're just the guys and that has a real effect on the rest of your program for sure well i'll tell you if they are looking for new players down the line easiest way to do it today's sponsor linkedin talent solutions i mean look when you're a football coach Every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager, or if you're a small business owner too, it's it's kind of the same thing. And that's why you got to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. So what you do is you go, you add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. They have simple tools like simple things like screening questions. They make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can prioritize who you want to interview and not waste your time. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to, and they do it faster than the competition. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions to apply. Jackson, we've looked at the future already today. Let's look at the, the more immediate future. Iowa State, Saturday. Team coming off a bye week, and even with that, is arguably, or if not one of the hottest teams in the conference. Winners of two in a row in pretty convincing fashion before the bye week. What scares you about the Cyclones? Yeah, you know, if I was if I was a betting man, uh, they'd probably recruit me. Uh, yeah, I, I think I think Iowa. That's State, a good one. That's uh, a good one. Clip that. My producer's clipping that. There. So just you. Yeah. Their yes. their defense. Thank you. Thank you, Jackson. Their defense yeah. is nothing to is nothing to scoff at, right? I mean, this which has really been the case uh, under defensive coordinator John Haycock since he took over. Really yeah. fantastic. They're the number forty defense in the country right now, uh, and doing and that's really and that's well. A month after giving up 50 to OU. Yes. Like they have the last two weeks, they've been incredible. And they are doing really well, particularly on early downs. Number 35 in the nation uh, in early down defense. Here's the, the main concern. Which is something that Baylor really struggles in offensively. 
right? Their third down is actually not that bad, but when you get so many, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't necessarily matter, but getting ahead of the chains has been a real problem. Yeah. Baylor, Baylor has the problem of always running flat routes on short, like short down (laughs) distance situation. Uh, And they are always super flat to the line of scrimmage. So it's hard to get like consistently good throwing angles to those receivers. But the the real problem with Iowa State is uh, they lost to Ohio. That is a problem. Big problem. That, that's not ideal. Um, not great. And I you you don't really have this is like the offense. this is the matchup of the teams that lost to the other brands, right? Iowa State lost to Ohio. Baylor loses to Texas State. The 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 brands that enough that if you have a very casual college football fan, they'll hear that and think. Oh, they lost to Ohio State. Nothing wrong with that. Or, oh, they lost to Texas. Yeah, that happens. And we would say, no, female dog. We lost to both Texas and Texas State. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, well, I I think... um, You did not love that one. (laughs) Go ahead, Jackson. Make your point. Matt Campbell Campbell agrees with you. Matt Campbell said in his press conference that these teams are like mirror images of each other. In in the ways that they've... They lost early and they sort of bounced back. They're both super young teams that don't have much mm-hmm. experience and so have improved a lot just by getting that early season experience, uh, but also have lost to that group of five team. Uh, probably yeah, should have played a lot better against their FCS opponents. And yeah, I, this is this is a really interesting matchup in that it's probably going to be a really horrible game to watch. Yeah, I said that this weekend, though. It ended up being... Not great quality, but good good on the eyes. It was a it was a good one to watch. Still, as a football fan, knowing that wasn't great quality. So you're expecting that again this week. I I I would expect that. I am encouraged by Jeff Grimes' willingness to really lean into the air raid offense. Oh yeah. Just, just over like a, a two week span. He he completely shifted from RVO to air raid. Uh I, I wrote about that after the Texas Tech game. This team needs to completely ditch the RVO. They've they've totally lost lost their way in that not that it's a bad offense intrinsically but clearly there's not no. a personnel to run that here and, and i love the and i love the wide zone run game but what you have this year is just not it's just not conducive to it yeah and thank you you saw the success of the pivot on saturday you saw it uh just just you know watching film right because this offensive line is way better equipped to pass block than run block, particularly when you're getting the ball out so quickly in RPOs and in quick screens and slants. That That's what you have to do, right? you got to make the job easier on the offensive line. Blake Shapin uh, had one of the worst games of his season and still got 300 yards, right? Because you were able to scheme up those easy plays, get the ball in the hands of playmakers like Monterey Baldwin, Keytron Jackson. And th- that game wound up being the first time since 2011 that Baylor won a game with under 30 rushing attempts. Right. There is there is a level where they were 0 and 15. This is the this is the year, man. 2011 Rangers World Series appearance. 2011 Baylor football winning a game with less than 30 rushing attempts. We're back. We're so back. Who is Baylor's Adrian Beltre? That's what I need to know. But Mm. uh, (laughs) they would they would love one of those right now. That would be fantastic. But yeah, you 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 lean into the pass first offense, which is something that you also saw over the offseason, right, with with the Bears sort of going after multiple different air raid style quarterbacks. You bring one in in Sawyer Robertson, uh, another one in Alan Bowman is starting over at Mm. Oklahoma State right now. Uh, So you you think this was in the works? 
it, it, it clearly was because of the way that you set up your offseason. You don't go after a Sawyer Robertson if you're not willing to lean into the air raid. Like that's, I guess, he, yeah. He has been a pro, I mean, he has the talent to do other things, but he is prototypical, like big air raid quarterback. And you go after him, you have, why are you going after Alan Bowman if you're not thinking about running right now the air raid scheme, right? There, there's not really another reason for that. That That's what he does. That's who he's always been. And so clearly there was some inkling either that Jeff Grimes wanted to run the air raid or that he might not have the personnel to run the wide zone. Either way, there's there. this has to some extent been in that. the works for months, right? Yeah. This He didn't cook up a whole new offense in two weeks. There's been some thought put into this in advance, but it, it's clearly working and I think once you get rolling in that system a little bit longer you saw Blake Shapin look a lot more comfortable in the second half than he did in the first half I I think this team has the potential to really take steps forward on offense once you start putting those wide receivers in positions to make plays I hope that continues this weekend because I'd love to talk to you more about this talk a little offensive football anyway Jackson thank you so much for coming on today where can people find you you can find me on Twitter, uh, at by Jackson yes. Posey. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn, although that would be a little weird. Or you can find me at my home, but that would be very, very weird. So yeah, don't do that. Take one of those three. Anyway, thank you, Jackson. Really appreciate your time. You think Baylor can hang with them offensively this weekend? I think they got a shot. Uh, we are better than Ohio. Love that. Thank you for making it your first listen today and every day. This has been, always will be, Locked On.